Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for a full house of people. Thankful for a new church that we're building. Amen. We're going to have so much room. Amen. Amen. It's going to be 2.7 times as big as this sanctuary. So you'll have almost three times as much room as you got right now. Amen. Praise God. All we got to do is get it finished. Amen. No problem, right? Amen. Just get it finished. Amen. So thankful. Amen. That God has allowed us all to come together. Amen. God's timing is impeccable. Amen. The famous words to Esther was, maybe you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. We, every one of us were born when we were born to be together right now for what God's doing in this place. Amen. No accidents. Amen. The people that's brought talents and great things and their great burdens and great prayers and great abilities. Amen. There's no doubt God has brought it all together. Amen. To build a great church. Not for us, but for His glory. Amen. Not a production. Not entertainment. Amen. Sometimes I think the strive for perfection in certain areas may not be very productive. I think we should bring a good sacrifice. I believe we should practice and study and pray and do all these things. But at the end of the day, I still think God ought to have his way. Everything that we do. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So we're just going to let God have his way one more time. If you got your Bibles, Romans, the fifth chapter. We're honored to have Sister Strand here. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Amen. Ricardo and Shady's parents, God bless them. Thankful the way the Lord brought Sharon Meany to this church. God bless her. And Mr. Piper on the front row. He looks good on the front row. Praise God. He's beautiful. Amen. Ain't God good to us? Amen. And Connor's friend, what's his name? Austin, yeah. He was screaming a while ago. Now I can't hear him. He's got Austin that's here. Amen. And uh, everybody else. Amen. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Romans, the fifth chapter in the first verse. Amen. And it's good to have Brother Monks able to be in church. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I told him. Some wisdom. You need to stay off the ladder and just tell the young people what to do. You know, that's pretty good, pretty good wisdom right there. Romans 5 and 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Everybody say access. By faith into this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And 
Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. Everybody say, his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us amen I want to just preach this little thought God gave me this afternoon and about the love of God amen just the simple love of God Amen. Set your Bibles down. And I want everybody in this house to lift your hands. And I want you to pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we love you so much. We thank you. We honor you. God, you have blessed us so much. Come on, why don't you take somebody by the hand next to you your hand on the shoulder whatever is appropriate and I want you to pray with them right now in the name of Jesus God don't make mistakes come on God don't make mistakes God wants to speak to his people Come on, come on, just yield to the Holy Ghost for a few moments. You let God do a work in your life. seated. Thank you for standing. And I, I'm usually wound up very, very tight, especially on Sunday night. And uh, we may get there, but uh, I would rather, I'd rather just do it just like God would have me to do it. Amen. And then we'll, we'll rejoice. Amen. The people of God Rejoice that, first of all, we've been saved. Amen. We rejoice that God called us out of darkness. Amen. You're talking about it ought to make you happy and it ought to make you want to praise God when you think about He loved me so much that He didn't leave me where I was. Somehow he reached down with loving arms and pulled us up out of a miry clay. Woo. 
set our feet on a rock, established our goings, put peace in our heart and joy in our soul, gave us hope, gave us strength, broke addictions and broke habits and changed our thinking and changed our understanding and changed the way we spoke words and he changed our entertainment and changed the way we dressed and changed the things we looked at. You know what it was? It was the love of God reaching down. Some people think it's because they had something to offer God. Let me just go ahead and tell you what thus saith the Lord. Uh, While we were yet sinners, uh, he died for us. When we had nothing to give him, uh, his love reached down and got a hold of us. Amen. I'm thankful tonight. And not, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the fact that we have a future. I said we got a future. What do people do that are creeping toward the end of their life and they don't have hope in another world? What do they do when they lose loved ones and they don't have hope that there's another chance we're going to meet them again in glory? I'm telling you, we are the most blessed people on the planet tonight. Amen. I do not want to abuse the love of God. I don't want to trod upon the love of God, but I want to embrace it tonight. And I want to believe it tonight with all of my heart. They don't just glory in that, but we also, the Bible says, we glory, everybody say, in tribulations. Tribulations, you could also call it afflictions. You could call it sufferings. Amen, we don't glory in the fact that we are in a trial, but we glory in the fact of what's happening, the work that God is doing in our life in the trial. Amen. We're not rejoicing over affliction, uh, but we rejoice in knowing, uh, hey, when I come out of this, when I pray my way through this, uh, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm, well, I feel like jumping up and down. I feel like shouting. Uh, hey. Hey, listen to me, church. Uh, you got to be careful about the trial that your spirit don't get wrong. Amen. Don't get mad at God. Don't point your finger at God. Don't question God. Uh, let him be God. Uh, you be the sheep uh, and let him be the shepherd. Uh, and if you will do that, uh, you learn how to live for God. Amen. To be the children of God. Man, because we know that suffering or tribulation produces, everybody say patience. Amen, it's the tribulation that produces or works or makes or creates patience. This word in our, uh, probably our modern English would be more like endurance. 
Praise God. You know what the Bible saying is? God's going to put us through some things so we're not a bunch of snowflakes. God's going to put us through some things uh, so we don't quit every time somebody looks at us funny. Every time things don't go right and somebody gets our pew, we're not ready to quit church. Uh, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. They always said don't pray for patience because God will give it to you. Let me tell you, he's going to teach you that anyway. You know why he's going to teach it to you? He wants you to go to heaven with him. I love it when, when people begin to acquire endurance. Hallelujah. Endurance. Endurance means I'm going to be here Wednesday night. If all four tires are flat, I'll call Brother Pate, come pick me up. Devil, you ain't stopping me. I got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up. Hey, I love it when people get something in their spirit. Says, you ain't going to push me out. Man, if you get a little bit of it, maybe the devil would leave you alone. The devil knows all he's got to do is flick a little problem your way and you're going to quit and cry and pout and moan and complain. He's going to keep on flicking things your way. When he figures out it ain't going to do no good. Praise God. When he figures out it ain't going to do no good to flick it at you. He'll quit for a while. He'll find somebody else. He can put a nickel in and get a show out of them. Hallelujah. I was a little boy. We used to go to Magic Springs. But when I lived way north here, I ain't been there since I've been Hot Springs, that's crazy. But as a little boy, my daddy, mama bring me to Hot Springs and they had these uh, chickens in a cage. And you put a nickel in there and they go. <laughs> put a nickel in them and they start dancing. You know what? I know a lot of people like that. They got code words. And all you got to do is click. You can put a hundred dollar bill on me. I'm going to be the same. Hey, you need to get something endurance in your spirit. Unchangeable. Unmovable. I'm always abounding well, hello. I've got to preach a while. Endurance. Everybody say endurance. You can call it patience if you want to, but I'm going to call it endurance. Produces experience. In my Greek interlinear, it said endurance produces character. Praise God. There's a little boy and you fell down and you got your elbow busted. Amen. If you had a real mom and dad, they say, get up. 
You're building character, boy. Get a nod on your head. He'd be all right. It's going to make something out of him. Mama, somebody push me. You'll be all right. Push them back if they do it again. Building character in you. Trying. You get some character in you that you ain't going to let the devil push you around. Let him see something in you. Uh, You come to me, I'm going to prayer meeting. Uh, Greater is he that is in me uh, than he that's in the world. How how do you talk like that? How do you act like that? Because I've been through the fire, but I come out. I got something in me. You don't build character by somebody always petting you. Somebody always giving you everything you want. Everybody putting your money in your pocket. Oh, it's okay, little boy. You make a sissy is what you'll make. God don't produce sissies. He builds character in people. God builds prayer warriors. I never learned how to pray until I went through the fire. I never learned how to pray till I got pushed in the corner. I never learned how to pray until the fire got so hot I couldn't take it no more. I never learned how to pray getting everything I wanted, but I learned how to pray when I was going through the trial. Teach me, God. People say, man, I'd love to pray like so-and-so. Why don't you go interview so-and-so? Why don't you go talk to them and ask them what they've been through? Ask them how hot the fire was when they went through it. Ask them... Come on, I want to help somebody. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now and ask him to help us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this character or this experience produces hope. Hallelujah. Everybody say it produces hope. This is where God wants to get everybody in this church to where you are so full of hope. You're so full of faith. Every devil in hell couldn't get you to stop. Come on, I know it's in you. I know you're capable of it. How do I know? Because I'm a parent. You tell a child, when it gets summertime, I'll take you to Silver Dollar City. Something gets inside of them. They get hope in their spirit. 
And if you tell them something came up and we can't go. No. We're going to go. Well, a bill came up. We just ain't got the money to go. When they get something in their spirit, you can't get a no in them. Oh, it's some grown-ups. Oh, it's some grown-ups who already read that Bible. Would get some hope inside of you. Well, I can't go another day. Oh, yeah, I can go another day. Well, you can't live that. Oh, yeah, I can live this life. Well, you're just not that type. Oh, yeah, God's going to help me be this type. I got hope. You've seen it in people going through the same things. Seen people go through the same uh, financial problems. One of them is beat completely down, and the other sitting there grinning from ear to ear, saying, He made a way yesterday. He's going to do it again. One's got hope. One never made it. Come on. Let me tell you how you get hope, though. You got to go through some tribulation. Woo, hallelujah. You got to get some patience in your life. You got to walk through some hard times don't preach like oh I gotta preach like this hey man you're not gonna get a different path than I got you're not gonna get an easy religion you're gonna get the same one I got you're gonna walk down the dusty roads that I walk down you're gonna walk through some hard times that I'll could I get some older people that say yeah he's preaching the truth right now hey come on younger generation Come on, young people, young married couples. Hey, if it gets hard, it's okay. You got Jesus on your side. You still got the church. You know how to pray. Amen. I just want to say this. What time does church start? 6.30, 7.30. It's all good. All right. I've studied history, history of the church, history of civilization. From the beginning of time to, I would say, about 50 years ago, all of civilization learned how to deal with hard times. From the beginning to probably a Democrat president. All of civilization learned how to deal with hard times. When you didn't have something, you just figured out how to make it without it. Wasn't enough money, you just kept on trucking. Just worked an extra job, did a little more. Worked. You know what? 
Those churches grew powerful. Prophets and apostles, men and women uh, that were people of faith uh, that could lay their hands on you uh, and speak a word of wisdom or a word of faith or a word of knowledge. Uh, but they went through some hard times uh, and they, they didn't flake out. Uh, well, come on, church, I'm going to help somebody. Uh, amen. Hard times. Uh, are good for people. I said they're good for people. Praise God, maybe that's why our new era don't have any critical thinking skills. Because they never had to figure anything out. Woo, hallelujah. They never had to work some things out. They never had to figure out how to add more water to the flour to get two pans of bread. Sit on. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, God has been so good to us. But to a younger, I say 50 and under generation, Let me tell you the same things that God used to teach them. He's going to teach us. Well, praise God. If there's going to be an end time revival, there's got to be an end time powerful church. what I want to preach for a little while about the things that God puts people through don't get angry with God I feel it in the Holy Ghost don't get angry with your situation do you love God do you love God do you love God Do you love his word? Do you believe his word? Do you believe that all things work together for good to them that love him? Those that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. I wandered after I got the Holy Ghost for 10 years. I went through, it seemed like, some of the dumbest trials. And I thought, why on earth am I going through all this? At one time, I mean, I was a builder, a land developer, insurance agency. I had everything. And I had five people suing me at one time. I'm like a lawyer almost. And I thought, God, I didn't do one thing. You know I did everything I said I would do. I don't know. I don't understand this. I don't know what these people's problem is. They're in a rage. These people are crazy. All I knew to do was go back to that church. Get underneath that pew. And talk to God one more time. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't change them. 
one day in prayer, when the fire was so hot, think 2008, the housing market crashing, what kind of business was I in? The housing business. And when I went back to the church, I'd go one time, two times, sometimes three times a day, have a red hot prayer meeting. Hey, when the fire's hot, don't complain about it, pray about it. There ain't one person in this church that can fix your problem if God's got you in that place. If God's the one got you in that trial, there ain't nobody except him that could fix it. One day in prayer, I'd been praying all day, every day. I said, God, I have not done nothing. You know my heart. I don't know how to make these people do right. I was sitting there and I saw a vision. And I was sitting at this beautiful table. And there was all this food on it. I was the only one there. I thought, praise God. I mean, I grew up with five siblings. I don't like sharing nothing. It was all mine. And then there was like a cup, like a glass vase or cup. And it was turned upside down and it was put right over me in that table. So I was inside the cup at the table eating all I wanted. And then I looked on the outside the cup and there was all them people. This was underneath the pew. And they were banging on me. Trying to get to me. Amen. And I thought, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence, they're having to watch it. In the presence of mine enemies. You know what I got up? I got up and I said, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Guess what? It all worked out all right. One every case there was. Praise God. Even got some money in my pocket in a couple of them. Praise God. But it was trial after trial. Financial things would come. People problems would come. All kinds of problems. I thought, my Lord, I'm going to church every day. I'm reading the Bible every year. Whatever my pastor tells me to do, I'm doing it. Kind of started having a pity party. But then I'd get under that pew again. I'd feel that power again. And I'd read that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Didn't say it always be a smooth trail, but it said it'd be ordered. I said, God, if you're ordering, I'm all right with it. I'm just, I don't know how to preach this other than just tell my story and this is how it works. But in the trial, 
in the tribulation, in the confusion. When my head was just swimming, what on earth? And I'd go back and get under the pew. I learned how to touch God. Doing everything I knew to do, I was building a house. And a friend came over and wanted to look at a lot next to me, and I took him over there, and there was a bunch of cedar trees on a mountaintop. I love living on the mountain, or I used to, until all the lightning. I'm about through with the mountain stuff. I'm just about looking for a well water plane. But he, he, he said, man, I want to look at that. I took him over and looked at it. We was walking rubbing against a bunch of cedar trees, you know, showing him all the property lines. And I got ticks all over me. That night I got so sick I didn't know what to do. The next day I thought I was dying. I'm doing everything right. You hear me? When I sold out, when I left the world, I didn't keep a few things in my pocket. And maybe I was the oddball. But honey, I emptied every sin out of my pocket, out of my mouth, out of my truck, out of my home, out of my heart. Out of... When I did it, I, I went both barrels. Amen. I was serious about living for God. And if I can tell you, it was the worst sickness I ever had in my life. I never even got sick when I lived for the devil. It was the worst sickness I ever had in my life. It was somewhere between the flu and food poisoning combined. And I went to the doctor the next day and got some blood work. And it was church that night. My family went to church and I was... I, I, I want to be there. I was so... It was like I was almost dead. And I laid down on the floor in number seven Oak Springs and I began to talk to God and I got fervent. I began to reason with God. And I said, God, you know there's nobody loves you like I do. You know that I'm high octane. Nobody gonna praise you like I'm gonna praise you. I don't care if everybody in that big church sits down. You're, I, you're looking at the one that's going to praise you. If my pastor tells me what to do, if none of them do it, you're looking at the one that's going to do it. And I'm laying in the floor and I begin to make deals with God. You need to get me up out of this floor. I could have pouted and cried, backslid, and got my old country music playing again because that's kind of the life I was living, you know. Down in the dumps. Sick on the floor. Could have been a number one bestseller if I'd have just wrote the words. But I was laying in the floor saying, God, get me out of this floor. All of a sudden, I started feeling a little bit better. I went in there, laid down, went to bed, get up next morning. You know what? I feel good. Went to work, got up on a, uh, I was building a house on a mountain. It was on a nine-foot wall. I was standing there hanging uh, roof trusses. A doctor called me. I was way up on a nine foot roof. Like this. Hey, Doc. He said, Hey, you got the worst kind of tick fever there is. You need to go to the ER right now. 
I said, Doc, I did yesterday. God healed me last night. Well, they got real quiet. <laughs> See, I, I didn't have a new doctor. It was the doctor that delivered me when I was a baby. He said, okay. Call me if you need me. I said, I sure will. You know, and I thought, it, it, it was just things like that, one thing after another. It's like I'd get through one thing and something else would pop up. I thought, woe is me. No, not woe is me. I'm fixing to go back to church. I'm going to get under that pew one more time. I'm going to see what God will do this time. You know what? Every single time, God would work it out again. Tribulation turned into patience. It turned into endurance. And that endurance from going back to the well molded a character. And that character produced hope in my spirit. Amen. Why do I want to get you there? This is why I want to get you there. The Bible said because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. It said hope won't fail you. Hope won't make you ashamed. I'm telling you, there's a level in God you can get to. Hey, hey, hang on, hang on. There's a level you can get to where your pastor wouldn't worry. I wonder if they're going to stay or go. I wonder if they're going to hang in there or backslide. I wonder if they're going to get bitter or they're going to get better. There's a place you can get to. Help me, Jesus. It says, and hope maketh not ashamed because... The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Shed abroad is kind of an old English. Let me tell you what it means. It means poured out into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. What's being poured out? The love of God. Let me tell you, until you get the Holy Ghost, you can't even comprehend what the love of God is. Boy, I feel it backing me up right now. Until you get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll never know and comprehend what the love of God is. Amen. But when you get to that level, you'll be able to look back and say, it wasn't because I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. It wasn't because my daddy didn't make enough money. It wasn't because I did this or did that. It's because God loved me uh, that he put me through some things. Uh, Come on, I'm going to help somebody. Uh, I'm going to try to get you to a place uh, where you understand uh, the things that you go through is because he loves you. 
People argue all the time. They ask me, are you pre-tribulation rapture? Are you mid-tribulation rapture? Are you post? I'm I'm going up with Jesus. (laughs) Amen. I I hope it's free and I I just feel like it kind of is, but I'm prepared. Amen. To go all the way, whatever it takes. (laughs) Amen. I just... I've read a few scriptures where he would keep you from the trying time that would try the whole world and a few little scriptures like that. Amen. You know what? If we are going through something, there's a lot of people better toughen up. There's a lot of people better get your armor on. There's a lot of people better get your feelings off your shoulder. Woe is me and Poor me. Everybody's against me. No. Everybody's not against you if God's for you. If God's for you. If God's for you. Who could be against you? Hallelujah. Everybody say he loves me. Amen. Praise God. It said it happens by the Holy Ghost. Man, my heart goes out to people who've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues, if you haven't, you can get it tonight. Today is the day of salvation. If you haven't spoken tongues in a long time, you ought to do it again today. Amen. But, but the Bible tells us it's all, it's all you, you recognize and you see the love of God simply by the Holy Ghost. And, and I, I began to study for just a little bit this afternoon. Didn't have time to do a whole lot. But uh, when I began to look at it, it was almost as if it was describing uh, an ointment that was so precious. And, but it was in a box that you couldn't get open. And the only way to get it open was by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, I, and it just is poured into our heart. It's shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. And my mind began to go to the transformation that happens immediately when somebody gets the Holy Ghost. Amen. They walk in, they're mad at the world, mad at everybody. And Amen. They begin to cry and repent. Amen. In the moment they speak in tongues, it's like their whole face changes. And they get a glow. And all of a sudden they love people and they don't care. Amen. What color their skin is or what language they speak or what side of the tracks they're from or what their background is. Amen. They, they didn't care about it. They just love everybody. Just hugging people. Thank you. And what is it? Something broke that box and that aroma. The Holy Ghost cracked that box open. And you know what? When you get to where you hate everybody, you know what you need? You need a Holy Ghost breakthrough. You need to get back on that altar and let it break it again. And I'm telling you, I, I've never, no, I have, but I just, God's just 
reconfirming and double stacking and double confirming everything. Amen. You, you know, even after you get the Holy Ghost, amen, and you, and you get dry in your spirit. If you don't pray and you don't get breakthroughs and you don't speak in tongues, you get dry in your spirit. Amen. And you'll get back to feeling like you used to feel, mad at everybody, and agitated with everybody. Don't want to be around nobody. Got a problem with everybody. Critiquing and gossiping. Yeah, well, well, this is the worst church ever. You got a problem. No, the only problem is we need that box to open one more time. Man, I'm telling you, I've seen people that had previously, or whatever you want to call it, had the Holy Ghost prayed, spoke in tongues, and they hadn't done it for a long time. And they come and finally press through again. You know what? And I've watched that same box open. And they feel that love again. Love for humanity and love for people. I want to tell you something. God loves people more than you could ever imagine. And if you ever get the revelation that God purifies people. Amen. God may turn the heat up on people. Amen. He may put you through some things to get other things out of you. Amen. It's not because He hates you. It's because He loves you. Amen. Uh, uh, I pray every day, God, search me. Amen. It, 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 let me tell you the easy way is just get under the pew and let God identify things in your life. And you work on it. But, but sometimes people don't cooperate. And God loves you so much that He'll turn up the heat. Oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. I know why. Because you've got a God. He loves you so much. He ain't going to let you get a root of bitterness that'll spring up and destroy you. He's not going to let that jealousy get in you. Amen. I want to, I just want to tell somebody how much God loves you. The reason I want to tell you this is because the devil knows how much God loves you. And what he tells you is that God don't love you. This is what the Lord woke me up this afternoon. It reminded me of a dream that I had several years ago. Actually, a few days ago, me and Brother Robertson were driving down the road. And there was a man with a cardboard sign. And he said, anything else or something like that. And I told him, that man grew up Pentecost. I've witnessed to that man. I've tried to get him to come to church for years. He is what he is. He said he had a surgery. Got on pills. Got addicted to pills. 
And what happens to people is they burn every bridge. Until finally there's no more bridges. And they end up with a cardboard sign. Very sad story. But what brought that to my mind was the dream that I had several years ago, the way I met that man, was that there was a little homeless camp behind Popeye's Chicken. Some of y'all remember that. Amen. I I don't give money to homeless people because I don't buy drugs. I don't give money to homeless people because I don't buy cigarettes. If they want something to eat, I'll feed them. But God woke me up one night with a dream. I want you to buy nine pillows and go to that camp and give them to them. And I thought, what? That's the people that have done everything opposite of what God told them to do. That rejected every time he called them. That went the opposite direction. That used their families. That ran from treatment. Ran from help. They did it their way. And God said, buy nine pillows and take it to that camp. So I went to Walmart. I bought nine pillows. And in the course of walking up into that camp, I I could have been killed for all I know. (laughs) God be for me, who can be against me? The first man I talked to, I think, was the man that I was just talking about. I met him. And he said, I need a pillow. I gave him a pillow. Went to the next tent. Another strung out heroin, crack, addict. What? I don't know. I gave him a pillow. And I just kept going down the road. I got to the last one. I had one pillow left and I looked and there was nobody in the tent. Well, I must have missed it there. This lady comes up and said, hey, that, the person that lives in that tent, he needs a pillow too. And I thought, the love of God, the people that have rejected everything that he ever wanted in their life. He wanted them to have a pillow so their head wasn't laying on a rock. And there's people coming to church trying to live for God, do what you know to do. And the devil's saying, God don't love you. I come to make a liar out of the devil in this house. He loves you more than you can even comprehend. Your mind can't even go there. God, why would you why would you wake one person up to go? I'm talking about people that are their minds are burnt up. They, I, it'd be a miracle for them to even know that they would even need to repent. They're so but in God's mind, 
They were made in the image of God. There you go. Oh, I pray God's love will fall on every person. I'm praying this box is going to open right now. God, let us see this right now. I want to tell you something, church. If you knew how much God loved you, you'd quit beating yourself up. You'd quit beating yourself up over little things, over little mistakes that you made. You'd quit beating yourself up over your past. You'd quit saying, this is just my lot in life. If you could comprehend just a, a percentage of how much God loves you. How do you... How do you even put it into perspective? Finite love. How do you put it into perspective? Our word is love. The Greek word was agape. It far exceeds the love of friend to friend, husband to wife. It's a different it's a different level that we can't even. There's people get bound up in sin, get bound up in nerves and fear, and get bound up, amen, the thoughts of I've made mistakes in my life. Amen. And the devil's sitting there grinning. Hey man, he knows how much God loves people. And he, he watches people locked up. Locked up because they just they, they think I could, there's no way. I, I can't go, go boldly before the throne of grace. I, I could. Now I realize others could, but there, there's no way. You, you, you don't know my life. You don't know God's love. I'm telling you from now until that trumpet sounds. After that, it's all done. From now until the rapture, there is a God with open arms saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor. And are heavy laden. 
How does he do it? I don't know how he does it. How did he get on the cross while they were stabbing him and mocking him and spitting on him and beating him and say, forgive him, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how much I love them. The Bible said this is how he commend his love toward us. Is that while we were yet sinners, while we had nothing, nothing to offer him, he got on the cross. I'm telling you, if you could comprehend God's love, you wouldn't be struggling with little things. If you knew how much he cared for you, it'd be easier for you to clean some things up. I feel like God's wanting to talk to us right now. Come on, help me wait on God for one moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, help this church right now. God, let them see it like they've never seen it before. Oh, Rashela Masa. Shalamo Kotala Masa. Ooh. Ooh, Masa. Mmm, Masa. Mmm, Osea. Ooh, Shatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat